0: section ten of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter ten i cannot blame thee who am myself attached with weariness to the dulling of my spirits tempest how weary stale flat and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world is a feeling that must be more or less experienced by every one who has feeling enough to distinguish one sensation from another and leisure enough for ennui there are people it is well known who have no feelings and there are others who have not time to feel but alas there are many whose misfortune it is to have feeling and leisure and who have time to be nervous have time to be discontented have time to be unhappy have time to feel ill used by the world have time to weary of pleasure in every shape to weary of men women and children to weary of books grave and witty to weary of authors and even of authoresses and who would have wearied as much of the wit of a madame de stal as of the babbles of miss pratt in this disposition perhaps the only solace is to find some tangible and lawful object of which to weary some legitimate source of ennui and then sweet are the uses of adversity when they come even in the questionable shape of a miss Pratt in the humdrum society of a dull county what a relief to the weary soul to have some person to weary of to have a sort of bag-fox to turn out when fresh game cannot be had is an enjoyment which many of my readers have doubtless experienced such was miss pratt everybody wearied of her or said they wearied of her and everybody abused her while yet she was more sought after and asked about than she would have been had she possessed the wisdom of a moor or the benevolence of a fry she was in fact the very heart of the shire and gave life and energy to all the pulses in the parish she supplied it with streams of gossip and chit-chat in others and subject of ridicule and abuse in herself even the dullest laird had something good to tell of miss pratt and something bad to say of her for nothing can convey a more opposite meaning than these apparent synonyms but there was no one to whom miss pratt was so unequivocal a pest as to lord Rossville. for his lordship was a stranger to ennui perhaps cause and effect are rarely combined in one person and those who can weary others possess a never-failing source of amusement in themselves besides the earl was independent of miss pratt as he possessed a wide range for his unwearying wearying powers in his own family for he could weary his steward and his housekeeper and his gamekeeper and his coachman and his groom and his gardener all the hours of the day by perpetual fault-finding and directing perhaps after all the only uncloying pleasure in life is that of finding fault the gamester may weary of his dice the lover of his charmer the bon vivant of his bottle the virtuoso of his vertu but while this round world remains with all its imperfections on its head the real fault-finder will never weary of finding fault the provoking part of miss pratt was that there was no possibility of finding fault with her as well might lord Rossville have attempted to admonish the brook that babbled past him or have read lectures to the fly which buzzed round his head for forty years lord Rossville had been trying to break her in but in vain much may be done as we every day see to alter and overcome nature ponies are made to waltz horses to hand tea-kettles dogs to read birds to cast accounts fleas to walk in harness but to restrain the volubility of a female tongue is a task that has hitherto defied the power of man with so much of what may be styled dissonance in similarity it may easily be imagined that lord Rossville and miss pratt even when most in unison produced anything but harmony yet they only jarred they never actually quarrelled for they had been accustomed to each other all their lives and while she laid all the rebuffs and reproofs she received to the score of bile he tolerated her impertinence on account of blood the softness and suavity of mrs st clair's manners formed so striking a contrast to the sharp gnat-like attacks of miss pratt that lord Rossville became every day more attached to his sister-in-law's company and she soon found herself so firmly fixed in his good graces that she ventured to request permission that she and her daughter might be allowed to visit her relations with whom she had hitherto only communicated by letter certainly my dear madame replied the earl nothing can be more proper and reasonable than that you should recognize and visit the different members of your own family who i am happy to think are all persons of unblemished reputation and respectable stations in life which respectability is in a fair way of being increased by votes which i understand an uncle and brother of yours have lately acquired in the county and as there is every appearance of our having a warmly contested election shortly their political influence if properly directed cannot fail of proving highly beneficial to them i therefore give my unqualified assent as to the propriety of your visiting your own family as soon as we can arrange the proper time mode and manner of doing so but with regard to the daughter of the hon thomas st Clair, i must candidly acknowledge to you my dear madam i have not yet brought my mind to any fixed determination on that point your own good sense will naturally point out to you the very peculiar situation in which she stands miss st Clair is as present to be viewed as the heiress presumptive to the titles honours and estates of this family but observe although presumptive she is by no means heiress apparent for there is a wide and important distinction betwixt these apparent synonyms here his lordship entered into a most elaborate explanation of these differences of distinction and now my dear madam i am sure you will agree with me that in a situation of such peculiar delicacy every step which miss st clair takes ought to be weighed with the utmost nicety and deliberation since what might be befitting the heiress presumptive might be deemed derogatory to the heiress apparent and what dignity demands of the heiress apparent the world might censure as an undue assumption of consequence in the heiress presumptive mrs st clair though choking with indignation at this roundabout insinuation that her family was scarcely fit to be associated with by her own daughter yet repressed her indignation and as she did not consider it of much consequence that she should accompany her on her first visit she readily yielded the matter with a good grace but no sooner had she done so than the earl as was often his custom immediately tacked about and took the opposite side of the argument the result was that mrs and miss st clair should immediately proceed to visit the respective members of the black family and the earl's travelling chariot and four with all appliances to boot was ordered out for the occasion it was with a thrill of delight mrs st clair took her place in it and drove off in all the eclat of rank and state End of section 10.